Hello, hello, hello. It is the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio, 97.1 The Freak, the Mavs YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, the internet, just generally speaking. <laughs> My name is Bobby Corella. Joining me here in Studio 41 is Katia Viaba. Katia, how hello. are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm fantastic. Katia, uh, don't be uh, fooled, viewers. We're not alone today. We're joined, as always, but... <laughs> remotely i think for the second time yes maybe we're getting good at this whole technology thing yeah, technology is awesome all the way from kentucky usa for those out of the country that's a whole nother state it is isaac harris isaac what's up Hi. hey any day any day that you beat the lakers it's just like for three days afterwards you're just happy for it so <laughs> had a had a 13 hour road trip pulled in the driveway at my mom's house in kentucky it tipped off, and then it was just a great night. Long night, but a great night because yeah. the Lakers suck. Is Kentucky, a, like what time zone is that? Eastern time zone. Oh, <laughs> you're up to like five in the morning last night? Yeah, it was awesome. When <laughs> when you hear Kentucky, what do you think of? What's the first thing you think of? Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, basketball. Go Cards. Fried chicken. Colonel Sanders. I, don't I know. mean, that's where that's where our girl Liz went to school. Yeah, Montrez Harrell. That's true. I Carl Anthony Towns. John Calipari. <laughs> bourbon. Kentucky Antoine bourbon. Walker. Oh, did you have some bourbon after the game? Did you toast to uh, Spencer Dinwiddie? I was the only person left awake in my house, so I guess I could have toasted <laughs> with my dog, but. No, of your dog, like, your dog was right behind you. I know, Those watching on dog, YouTube, uh, we had a, we had a pooch just hanging out right up, right on top of Isaac's head. But Isaac seems to have cleared the stage now for himself. Yeah, she went chasing. I think she's playing fetch with all the threes that LeBron missed last night. <laughs> oh wow, let's go! <laughs> she, was, she was trying to uh, chase let's down go. the ball. Well, uh, thank you for powering through a 13-hour drive yeah. to watch the game and and study up for this show. Uh, 13 hours is also how long it's going to take us to read through the last two minutes report from last night's game because that was just a uh, that was a catastrophe. But the Mavs do come out on top in double overtime, 119 to 115. There's a lot to talk about from that game, and then I also got some like more deeper dives into some of the the heroes because of course, as everybody knows, Luca is a one man team and nobody else exists on the Mavs. But last night, good players did step up and make a big impact. Um, I want to start with Spencer Dinwiddie, um, who in the two overtime periods combined had, he was four for four from the floor. He had eight points, including two very, very loud dunks that were both very awesome and <laughs> kind of surprising. Most of the time, I feel like whenever players on the Mavs dunk, unless it's Luka, you're like, okay, Dorian Finney-Smith dunks. He does that a lot. Tim Hardaway Jr., mm -hmm. like he dunks. You know, Dwight Powell, obviously, JaVale, Christian Wood. Like they dunk all the time. But when Spencer Dinwiddie dunks, it's kind of like Luca. It's like, whoa. Yeah, you know? it was a nasty. The, the one to open up the overtime period was a nasty. It dunk. was authoritative. You know, he, he finished with 17 points. Um, Dinwiddie, for the season now, has dunked seven times. Two of them came in overtime and, and, and double overtime. Okay. Uh, but the, the important thing about Dinwiddie's performance to me was it really feels like of all the players on the team, you know, this has been kind of a common trend that we've talked about on the show quite a bit these last couple of weeks. So many guys are out. Mm -hmm. You look at the box score from the game against the Lakers, like the Mavs, the Mavs played nine players in the whole game 
And two of those guys played like seven minutes or less. Bertans and Jaden Hardy like barely played at all. Yeah. Almost, you know, b- the the starting five essentially all played like 45 minutes plus. I mean, if you look down the box score, Tim Hardaway, 48 minutes. Reggie, 47 minutes. Christian Wood, 47 minutes. Luca, 52 minutes. Spencer, 51 minutes. 51 minutes. Yeah. And, and Dinwiddie has missed a couple games on second nights of back-to-backs this season. But for the most part, he's played like in every game. Even without Luca, he's given the Mavs like 35 to 38 minutes. And so, you know, Dinwiddie is frankly just these last few years, he's not used to playing this many minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's never really played this many minutes. And he's also not used to playing all these games. And so it really feels like this last month or so, as the Mavs have battled through all these injuries, feels like everybody's running on fumes. And that can sort of manifest itself in various ways, depending on um, who the player is and what they do. Dinwiddie's game is very much predicated upon, of course, catch and shoot threes. He's been very good at that. But for the most part, he is a guy that wants to get to the basket. He wants to get to the free throw line. He wants to break down his defender. But like Luka, he doesn't necessarily always have that first step, right? Sometimes it takes him a while to break his man down. But this last month or so, he has just, once he's been to, gotten to the basket, he's just not been able to finish because he doesn't have that explosiveness, which makes me think part of it could be he's just playing an S ton of minutes. But for example, from December 19th until the start of the Lakers game, so that's like uh, you know about a month, he had 97 drives to the basket. On those 97 drives, he took 42 shots, and he only made 17 of 42 shots on drives. Mm-hmm. Now, typically when you drive, you're going to go all the way to the basket. 17 of 42 on shots that are essentially all coming at the rim, which is only 40.5%. And of his last 40 shots that he's taken within five feet of the basket, seven of them were blocked. That's almost one out of every five. Yeah, and you're talking about a team whose identity is a lot of driving to the basket. But only so, two guys can do it. I know. Well, I was going to say, because in years past, Jalen Brunson led the league in it, and then Luka was always a close second, or they kind of flip-flopped there, right? And so it was always like the guards have a main identity of doing that. But it is only the two guards that really but they do both, it. Yeah, like you said, they both finish well. Jalen Brunson, excellent finisher at the basket. I mean, led Luka, the league yeah, multiple years. You know, both of those guys are like LeBron, Giannis level finishers at the basket. Yeah. And J- in Jalen's case, he's like six foot tall, which Dude, is very impressive. Dude, imagine if they had their size. Too. I mean, oh, that, that's why Giannis and LeBron are like unstoppable. Like once they're like that momentum, like freight train going, it's so hard to stop them because of their size. Yeah. And they've, Dinwiddie in particular started the season very well, finishing around the basket. Mm-hmm. And these last. 10, 15 games because he's playing 40 minutes a night, basically, and has never really done that. It just hasn't been there. And that's what made the overtime performance especially so um, outstanding to me because, first off, two dunks is great. Uh, He had tried in the fourth quarter, and in the second quarter he had like a, a very weird stretch of basketball, but he had tried throughout the game to draw fouls, and it was not working. He was turning it over or getting stripped, getting blocked, missing very badly and getting really frustrated but in overtime he just said no enough of that I'm gonna get to the basket and I'm gonna throw it down right in your face and Winnie and Gabriel or LeBron or whoever's on the floor if you want to stop me go ahead and try but you're not going to Um, and then he also had probably like kind of like the dagger Uh, it was sort of like this running kind of hook shot floater sort of thing Mm -hmm. he didn't get all the way to the basket but he still finished and so Dinwiddie last night or against the Lakers, he probably had like three of the biggest shots of the game. Luca obviously hit a couple, you know, wild threes to tie it, and in regulation and overtime. But Dinwiddie was arguably, you know, once overtime began, arguably the biggest reason they won. 
uh, which is pretty special because he had a, a, a he's had a pretty rough stretch the last month or so for the most part. Well, it's like he took his his frustration out, you know, with the dunks because you know up until that you know late fourth quarter overtime, he would he wasn't having a good game. And, you know, it's like he was just pissed off at the world. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to yam this down. That's why I was like, you know, anytime he dunks through the lane, it kind of catches you off guard a little bit. A little throwback to the uh, Rudy Gobert poster last playoffs. But then he has the second dunk. He hits that. I think it was in the fourth. He hit that crazy corner three uh, that, you know, if you're watching the YouTube. One basket of the second half. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah, he went one for two in the second half. One for two. He started off two for seven from the field in the first half. One for two, um, both three-point attempts in the second half. And then in overtime, uh, he went four for four just from two. He did not shoot a three. Um, Wow. Well, he, you know, the the cool thing, um, you know, there's different cool things about Spencer, but, you know, Spencer might not be the most, like, consistent you know, 27 points, you know, here and there and all that stuff. But the thing that I, I think is really cool about Spencer is we have somebody in the clutch that we can trust besides Luca, at least for me. I think I've reached that point to where, you know, you look at last year, the Brooklyn Boston games, you look at even, you know, a few nights ago in LA in that Lakers game to where he hit is, a big shot against the Rockets. Um, yeah. Like against the Rockets. Well. He, he hit that, you know, I saw somebody on Twitter, um, you know, on Thursday night, that Lakers game that, they were saying that he looked like the only guy out there with fresh legs late in the game. And it just feels like he is really comfortable in the clutch moments. He had that shot in the lane you're talking about Bobby. And so it's just nice to, he might not be this consistent second star, you know, all these labels we want to throw out there on players, but we at least have somebody else in the clutch besides Luca that we can give the ball and say, all right, we can, we can trust him to make a play. Yeah, to your point, Isaac, he led all scorers in the Lakers game in the two overtime periods. He had eight points. Uh, the next guy behind him was Wayne Gabriel with Wayne seven Gabriel, points. Wayne Gabriel, he mean, was huge. He, he was huge. Yeah. I, I kind of I like him as a player. <laughs> yeah. All right, Harp. Okay, Harp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, as, as a player, uh, he's, uh, he's pretty good. You know, obviously, in your opinion. <laughs> players are going to come back and the roster might change at the deadline and whatever, but in the, until that happens the one way that the Mavs can add more consistent offense, more reliable offense, and easier offense is if Dinwiddie is able to constantly be on the attack um, and effectively the way that he was against the Lakers. I feel like that's like a huge, huge area of opportunity for this offense, in addition to Jaden Hardy doing that as well uh, as he kind of finds his legs in the NBA. Um, Another guy that had a huge performance, I thought, was Christian Wood. Now... (laughs) The Lakers, okay, in regulation, the Lakers had 13 offensive rebounds for 21 second chance points. They missed 56 shots. And so the Lakers rebounded almost a quarter of their misses, which is around average in the NBA this season. If, if you can rebound 75% of your possible defensive rebounds, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. But where the Mavs have really struggled, particularly since, you know, kind of the rotation shuffle and no Maxi, no Dorian and all mm-hmm. this stuff, when they give up offensive rebounds, they pretty much give up points every time. And yeah. a lot of the times, it's and ones. Like, Wood committed a couple and ones after his man beat him, or Lucas committed a couple and ones. You know, and it's going to happen. You're playing smaller, whatever, but there's a lot of pressure on Wood to not only protect the rim, but also control the glass, too. Um, yeah. in and regular, it's not in, only just, like, 
one second chance attempt. Sometimes it's like two, three, four. Two, th- yeah, yeah. Like, Those especially will beat with, you. Like, against the Lakers. Like they had one where they had four attempts and they finally made it. I was just like, oh my gosh. Okay. You got to get in there and get we the gotta, guy in rebound. Yeah, we you know? rebound. <laughs> and that, that's been a huge problem for the Mavs recently. But in the overtime periods, you know, while Spencer Dinwiddie was balling out on offense, Wood grabbed four rebounds in those 10 minutes. L.A. only had one offensive rebound in both overtime periods combined, uh, despite missing 12 shots. And so they went from the Mavs went from re- rebounding only 75% of their possible defensive rebounds to rebounding 88% of their possible defensive rebounds, which is huge. And it should be noted, too, of course, Wood had the huge defensive play blocking LeBron at the end of overtime. It was not a foul at all. Somehow LeBron, despite yeah. looking at the Jumbotron, was still insisting it was a foul when he himself hit his own arm. <laughs> like, it was a self-sabotage. There but, were some calls there that were... Oh, bizarre game. But My in, guy's vision's going out. He's getting old. Yeah, he saw the rim <laughs> three times. Um, but in double overtime, Wood had two more blocks. He had five for the game, two blocks in double overtime, including one after appearing to like tweak his ankle on yeah. his first block of double overtime. I got a little scared there. I was like, Yeah, oh, I mean no. it was he, and now I don't know, you know, we'll the we'll rip- find out what is what's gonna it, happen. Yeah. The maps are about to play back to back in Portland on Saturday and Sunday. Um but Wood came up with some very timely rebounds, some very timely stops, also had some big buckets, I believe in the fourth quarter, had a mm-hmm. couple big shots. You know, he and Dinwiddie Wood is like consistently productive. He's scoring a lot of points, but he is somebody, you know, in the same way that the Mavs need to be able to rely on Dinwiddie on offense to be a an initiator, to be a guy that can get to the basket. The Mavs, until Maxi comes back or until they find a way to shore up their defense somehow, the Mavs have to be able to rely on Wood to do two things on defense. And it's hard to do both. It's hard to contest shots while also getting rebounds. Because if you think about it, if a guy's driving at you and you slide over to try and block the shot it's really tough to kind of get back in position Mm -hmm. and wrestle with guys to get the boards. But the Mavs need Wood to do that because they simply do not have the size around him for the most part unless Dwight's on the floors or JaVale or somebody else alongside him. Which they did play him with Dwight a lot in the Lakers game, and I thought it worked very well. Yeah, it did work. But in the times whenever Wood is the only big man, there's a lot of pressure on him to do both of those things, Mm -hmm. and he has to be able to deliver – and throughout the game, you know, and it's it's not like he's the only guy. Everyone needs to rebound. It feels like, you know, like Luca misses box outs, Tim misses box out. It's not mm-hmm. like Wood is the only guy, but he has to find a way to do that as much as possible um, because, you know, you teams are too good. You can't yeah. let them get two or three or four shots at the rim, you know, every time down the floor. Yeah, 100%. The, Go ahead, Isaac. The, the, the thing with Christian Wood, you know, we talked about so much was, you know, they won the pairing with Maxi because of defense you know, when Maxi mm-hmm. was healthy and it's just, you know, him starting that whole conversation debate and all that stuff. And then, you know, all the bigs get hurt basically and enforces, you know, Christian Wood, he has to start then. And he knows like, if you want to stay in this spot, you want to get paid a big contract and everything like defense is going to be your thing. And for him, I thought it was so big time for him, you know, on Thursday night against the Lakers to do, you know, to have these massive blocks, national TV, protect the rim. He blocked that Westbrook, you know, shot up against the backboard. I mean, he was like William Wallace out there all like injured. You know, he had the the rib, the rib shot, the twisted ankle, and he was just fighting through all of it. And, uh, you know, he already has a lot of fans in the fan base, but I think he gained a few more, you know, in that Lakers game. He, he's playing, he's playing good basketball. And that's probably the best rim protection defensive, 
sequence there and those both those overtimes second half there that he's had as a Maverick. Yeah, timely blocks. And, you know, he's had some big block games. He had a really big block at the end of a win against Houston. You know, those are like winning basketball plays. You know, it's one thing to get a couple blocks in the first quarter and just kind of like, okay, whatever. But whenever he has, it, it feels like in the games when particularly where he's had a lot of blocks, it feels like a lot of them have come late. Yeah, they've come in like an important times, right? And like momentum blocks. And the thing with Christian Wood is like, okay, maybe he's not going to be like the most amazing defender, like staying on his guy and all of that. But if he can use his length to like create the blocks, get the rebounds, like that is, that's a huge part of it as well. So that to me shows that, you know, he's, kind of embracing that role and like just kind of doing his part there. Now, since he has gotten put into the starting rotation, he has had 15 games now as a starter. And I think, you know, I think he's also, that also is something that he's embracing and he's doing very well in. He's averaging almost a double-double, 20 points, almost nine rebounds, and he's shooting pretty well, almost 40% from three, over 50% from the field. So I've been loving seeing that. Um, the other thing that I noticed in the Lakers game was Luca did not score in the second half. I mean, he scored a few minutes into the, the third quarter. He scored the time basket. So it was kind of having like non-Luca minutes, even with Luca on the floor. Like the uh, yeah, the, the Lakers the were putting so much pressure. On, yeah, man. When, once they started double teaming him and the pressure that was going on Luca, it was wild to see him shut down. Because normally you see him find ways out. You normally see him find okay, let's play through this instead. And it was it was pretty wild seeing him like get actually shut down. They needed other people to step up, and, and they, they did. did. Yeah. And Wood they did. had eight points in the fourth quarter. Dinwiddie had eight points in overtime. Tim Hardaway Jr. was hitting shots throughout the game too. I mean, they, he I, he had enough help, you know. I, yeah, I wanted to throw Tim in that too, um, in this conversation with with Spencer and, and Christian, just because I I think you know when you look at the three guys outside of Luca, it's kind of those three guys as the main like scores. And I thought I thought all three of them had moments in that Lakers game that helped them win basketball, you know, win the basketball game. And, you know, Tim had some shots early on. He had some drives to the basket. He had that one, you know, catch rip through straight, you know, went right past LeBron baseline, you know, for the dunk. And he just had some big moments you know, on offense that they needed that from him. And it's cool because. You know, obviously, you know, we might talk about Luca more in the Lakers game, but Luca had the big shots to send it to overtime. He is Luca. He's insane. I thought the Lakers threw random defenses at him at time. They were throwing, they were, they were doing drop on him and like kind of daring him to shoot and giving him space to kind of operate. But then they were like, you know, bring, you know, trying to blitz him and stuff late too. Mm -hmm. And it was, it for, he had a, a monster game. But we're also coming out of the Lakers game saying, man, Spencer, Christian, Tim. They all had moments in the game that without them, you don't know if they win that game. So yeah. it was a it was a cool overall around, all around game. Did you guys notice how automatic that behind the back pass at the top of the arc to Tim was, is becoming? Because he used it like four yeah. times, and it's it works. Yeah, it works. yeah, every time. I do. Also, also want to give out the give a shout out. Big night for Josh Tiven. So uh, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he had he had a big night, and uh, yeah, a lot of. Yeah. Uh, Wood, Hardaway, and Dinwiddie combined for 63 points. 
Um, despite I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure any of them shot a free throw all game. So that was cool too. The free but, uh, throw disparity was. It was it was out there. It was out it there. It was but out there. That's uh sure. that's 63 points from the Mavs' next three guys. And so again, you know, I know everybody wants to bang the Luca does it on his own. We need to get Luca some help. There's now even a mural in Deep Ellum imploring the Mavs to get Luca no some way. help. Yeah, there is. Oh yeah, we'll uh, just check check Town Brad's Twitter feed. <laughs> but those three guys combined for 63 points. Um, the Mavs are essentially playing without a bench for the last month yeah. now, and they're still winning games. So shout out those hey, guys. Um, give us those bench point stats from the Lakers game. It was 62 to 14, but in, in the <laughs> Lakers' advantage. But that does mean that the Mavs starters won 105 to what 57 or 53 or something. So you know, uh, if you get 105 from your starters, you're going to win a lot of games. Real quick, uh, before we before this segment wraps up, I want to I want to leave you with one stat. So the TNT guys after the game were talking about how the Mavs just, they're not getting out in transition. They're not forcing any turnovers. And I was like, you're right. They aren't getting any turnovers. In that game, the Lakers turned it over only eight and a half percent of their possessions, which is the second lowest opponent turnover rate in a Mavs game all season. The Mavs, when opponents turn it over less than 12 and a half percent of the time, which is less than one out of every eight possessions, they're just five and eight in those 13 games. And 11 of those 13 games have come when at least two of Dorian, Josh, and Maxi are out of the rotation. This is 11 games like the last month that the Mavs aren't forcing any turnovers. So once they get their defenders back, hopefully they can force turnovers again because before that happened, the Mavs ranked tied for fourth in the NBA in opponent turnover percentage. They forced a ton of turnovers when they're healthy. So they need those guys to get back, and then all of a sudden I think easier buckets will come. And hopefully you know, Josh Green could be back as, as soon as Saturday against Portland. Yeah. If not, maybe the next night and, and hopefully Dorian will follow suit soon. So that's just one final stat for the road um, before we get out of here. So TNT go. guys were up to something, but a lot of it is because they're not, all of their defenders are hurt right now. I, I don't think that's going to change the pace. They're not going to be faster. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Help the turn. Definitely not. Help the uh, also final shout out Reggie Bullock, nine rebounds, despite being the shortest player on the floor for the Mavs. So you you know, he came up big. Coming up next, we're going to grade all the Western Conference teams here on the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio. Welcome back to the Corner 3 in Studio 41 Radio, 97-1, the freak, etc. Let's pull out our report cards. We're at the midway point, slightly past the midway point. <laughs> I'm nervous. NBA teams <laughs> have taken their midterms exams, and uh, we're about to get our professor on. Kat, you got the glasses. I you do. Look, you look very professorial. Oh, thank you. Very academic. But we all know I'm terrible at giving grades I, out. I can't, I can't wait to see the grades Kat hands out. <laughs> all right, so what's really going to happen is Kat is going to grade the teams, and then Isaac is going to grade Kat's, Kat's grades. <laughs> Was it a good grade or a bad grade? We're going scale of uh, A-plus down to F, but we are allowed give a team an incomplete so if for whatever reason you feel like maybe even though it's halfway through the season maybe you haven't seen enough maybe there are some um lingering factors that have led to maybe some doubt creeping in your mind that maybe they're not actually this good or maybe they might be way better than their record so i'm going to give them an inc you okay. know you could do that if you want or you could just go with old-fashioned a plus to f no f minuses though f is the worst okay yeah. F is the worst. Okay. That's the one rule of this game. You hear that, you hear that Rockets fans? <laughs> okay. All right. Ooh. Wow. Everyone in the league is taking their turns at Houston right now. Okay. Let's start from the top of the West. Next segment, we're going to get to the East. Don't you worry, Eastern Conference fans. We'll dunk on your team we too shortly. <laughs> Just wait around. Wait about 20 minutes and 15 seconds, and we'll be, we'll be right there. Let's start at the very tippy top of the conference. 
in a tie for first place with a 28 and 13 record, the Denver Nuggets, your number one seed in the West at the halfway point. Kat, you want to start? You want to lob it to Isaac? I'm going to lob it to Isaac just because I'm a little nervy. <laughs> Kat's going to give him a C. <laughs> All right, so just just for the sake of clarity on this, this, this is how I did it. I looked at and kind of looked at combination of record and how happy the fan base is. So okay. it's not oh. as simple. For me, it's not as simple as, hey, if you're one of the best records, you get an A. Or if you're at the bottom, you get an F. So Because I wanted to add, there's a few teams in there that I'm like, you're at the bottom, but I think your fan base is having a, a fun time at the same time, too, and kind of your direction of your franchise is going okay. But for Denver, uh, best record in the West, or at least tied with Memphis, I gave them an A. I mean, you got an MVP candidate. I lo- love a lot of their offseason moves. Michael Porter Jr. has only played like 27 games. And I'm going to throw it back to Kat as she gives them AC. No, I'm nervous. <laughs> D for Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. I gave them a B. Ooh. Okay. I did. Um. They. <laughs> Isaac's like, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Isaac just listen, He dipped out to take a sip from his juice box. Listen, quick. Linda. <laughs> I gave them a B. Jokic is playing amazing. I mean, he's having another MVP year. Jamal Murray is not 100% where I would love him to be. Michael Porter Jr. You know, they have a great record. So. If Jamal Murray was playing at like a hundred percent and like making like even more of an impact, I just think I just think their ceiling is higher than where they're playing right now. So that's where room for improvement. I gave them a B. If you think that they can be better than what they are, I mean, you are they one of the best teams in the NBA? Are they maybe the best team in the West? In the West, yes. I I, agree. Yeah, I I I, I honestly think so. I think you know the a funny part about that is. It, at media day shout out we uh, did some interviews for lockdown Mavs. who'd you interview and, well theo benson asked nick and i hey who's going to have the best record in the west nick said denver and theo laughed in his face and like kind of made fun of him for picking denver and uh now we gotta i've been pretty high on denver since the off the oh wow does, me, and, me and my puns <laughs> does theo know ball <laughs> yeah he has a podcast that's true. The Run Your Race podcast, I believe, is what it's called, right? Go check it out. Um, it's good, good pod. I also give Denver an A. I think despite having some issues, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. has been out forever. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray is kind of he's uh, starting to find his form a little bit here. But they're both kind of working through it. Denver's still winning games despite all that. Yeah. And so I think for what they've done so far this season, they've been excellent. I think that they can get even better, though. So I'm not going to give them an A+, plus, but I'm going to give them an A. They've okay. been very good. They've been very good. So clearly, when you're signing up for classes, you don't not you do not want to take my class because I'm the toughest grader. Cat's a harsh professor. Here. Okay. A harsh professor. Now, Denver, eighteen and three at home, only ten and ten on the road, so it's kind of the same Nuggets. However, they are a Western Conference best, twenty one and nine against the West. The Mavs did previously have the best record against the West until these last couple games. Okay, moving on to a team that's also eighteen and three at home, and also ten and ten on the road, and also twenty eight and thirteen on the season. That's supposedly good in the West, despite only having a 14 and 10 record against the West. John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Kat, let's start with you this time. Okay, I gave them an A. I mean, they are playing fantastic basketball. They are on, a, on an eight-game winning streak. I mean, just fun team to watch. They're young, they got a lot of potential, um, and they are uh, 
I counted them out, honestly. I, I said maybe this season they're not going to be as good as last season, and they have proved me wrong, so you get an A. I picked them as a step-back team, too. Yeah. I thought they were going to maybe, not like all the way out of the top six, but maybe in that same group as like what I thought would be like the Mavs, the Grizzlies, the Timberwolves, these teams that are going to finish somewhere between maybe mm-hmm. five to eight uh, in that range. I'm giving them an A+. plus. Desmond Bain's been out for a long time. Dylan Brooks was out for a long time. Jaron Jackson Jr. was out for a long mm-hmm. time. And now, they're still? Yeah, and they still have one of the best records in the league. Now all those guys are back, and Grizzlies have won eight in a row. So I think they might end up winning 55-plus uh, again. Isaac, what about you? Same thing. You give them an A. I think you have to give them an A. Well, for all the same reasons you, you guys gave to them. Okay, moving on. The number three team in the West, the New Orleans Pelicans, with a 25-17 and 17 record. Uh, I'll go first on this one. A plus plus plus. Uh, give them a hugely hugely positive re- uh, grade. Although their record against winning teams this season. Now, granted, some of that is playing on back to backs, and some of that is without Zion. But that's also built into the Pelicans' sort of organization. Is Zion's going to be out for a long? You know, he'll, he's going to miss a lot of games. They're only seven and nine this season against teams with winning records. And so they are pounding the bad teams, but they're struggling to hold serve against the good teams. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the one, you know, the one maybe missing piece is can they spend enough time on the court together this season to learn how to beat the really good teams before you get to the playoffs? Because eventually, I mean, now they're only like four and a half games out of 10th place right now. So it's not like they're a lock for the top six, but I think they'll end up there. They got to learn how to beat those good teams before they do it, though. They've won 25 games right now. They won 36 games last year. Um, you know, they finished ninth in the West last year. They're, they've been a top three team, top four team for a lot of this year. They're an A. It's a, it's an A for me. And I have five total A's in, in the West. So, um, yeah, I, I think you got to throw the New Orleans up there. I think their fan base is really enjoying this year outside of the injuries. I have four A's. Kat, how many A's do you have? Oh, I don't know. Zero. No, I already gave one out. I have two. Two. Oh, okay. this is my second one. This <laughs> okay, is my okay. this okay. is my second A. Um, I, I've been enjoying the Pelicans. I think it's super fun. Their fan base is having a blast. I think the addition of uh, CJ McCollum, like obviously, like last year, you didn't really see what it could be. This year, so fun. Uh, Bi's been out, but I think Brandon Ingram. I've always thought he's a fantastic player. And um, I mean, Zion has had a good start to the season. Yeah, he's not playing right now, but hopefully he's back soon and they continue on this trajectory. They just have so many young guys, too Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones. They just have so many players. And Alvarado, they show up. They play yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they just have, gosh, it must be it's really nice to just nail every single top 15 pick you have like seven years yeah. in a row or whatever. Yeah. Deepest okay. roster in the league? Maybe honestly, Possibly. I mean, I think so. I third mean, in the West, despite missing a lot of games from some of your best players, yeah. like maybe uh, they did not look deep against the Mavs. Granted, that was a second out of a back to back, and they were missing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. they missed a lot of guys. Yeah, they were missing a lot of guys. Okay, to those Mavs now, who, despite everything that has happened, <laughs> and there's been a lot, the Mavs are still your fourth place team in the Western Conference. Granted, only a half game ahead of Sacramento, uh, and only. Four and a half games ahead of 13th place mm-hmm. Lakers. So it's not like, you know, they're safe or whatever. But the Mavs are 24 and 19. Isaac, let's start with you. Yeah, I gave him a B. I mean, I, I it's, you know, the sky's not falling. Um, but, you know, we, uh, the other day, Lockdown Mavs, we did like a mid year checkup, like a physical uh, for, you know, like going to the doctor and uh, did the whole like 
take your temperature. And uh, I did like, I think the Mavs are like a, they got like a hundred, a one-on-one temperature to where like, it's not, you're not worried enough to go to the doctor right now, but you're not, you know, you're not just smooth sailing either. And so that's why, you know, sky's not falling, but they have a good record. They're finding a way to win games. I'll be curious to see what they do with the roster over the next month. Yeah. I second what Isaac said. Um, I also gave them a B rough start made up for it. So I think the average, it averages out to me. to be. I gave them a B plus because the record is relatively, I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that anyone thought 24 and 19 would be good for fourth place in the West this year, but it is right now. And so they are the fourth seed. Um, they have won a lot of games recently, despite dealing with a lot of injuries. The one thing, though, of course, earlier in the season, giving away games, missing free throws, blowing late leads and stuff, they still, though, are 7-5 and five this season in three-point games. So despite, especially in the first couple weeks of the season, blowing a few games and losing, like, you know, on these Luka misses a 35-footer at the buzzer games, they found a way to win a lot of them since then. And that's, again, playing without a lot of your best players. Uh, and despite having a pretty easy schedule lately, they're still 9-9 nine and nine against teams that are currently 500 or better. And you look at their next nine games, pretty favorable stretch of schedule coming yeah. up. So if they can get through this Portland back-to-back, they're about to go home, play a lot of games against struggling teams. They might bump them up to an A-. Yeah, I mean, the Mavs could. There's there's still some some ground to be gained in the West for them. So uh, B+. Plus. Pretty, pretty good season, but definitely room for improvement, I think. We could all agree. Okay, fifth place, Sacramento Kings, 22-18. and 18. How high are we lighting this beam? How far into outer space is the beam going, Kat? Oh, no. This might be my first controversial one. Um, I gave them a C. C! <laughs> it's been fun, but, like, I mean. What? Yeah. What did you expect from them? Yeah, that's true. Okay, fine. C plus. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> C tier. C plus. Are we grading on a curve? I gave him an A. Oh my god. I, ga- <laughs> I gave him an A too. Okay, fine. It averages you out don't to have a B. To change it. You don't have to change it. Well, I, I think turning red. Light the beam is like a top five thing in the league this yeah, year. That alone is worth like a full letter grade improvement. And they're relevant. Like, no one cared about the sucky Kings forever. And now they're like, they're going to have an all-star. This is why I'm here. Well, maybe. Now, you see how hyped <laughs> up you guys ridiculous are now? Here. <laughs> You're welcome. I had to give them an A. I'm sorry, Kat. Yeah, I, the, the main reason. Okay, well, let me let me say, because Isaac explained his criteria. Y- y'all can roast me later on. I have another A later. Okay, so that y'all... I'll roast you for that for sure. Um, <laughs> my, my criteria for this is basically, like, team success so far um maybe despite the rough patches that they've encountered okay and also based on my own expectations for them and so maybe i was just way off on the kings i thought they were going to be like 12th or 13th again in the west and maybe they'll still end up there it's so jam-packed i mean to be but fair i, I didn't, didn't see them making be great but then also most of their games have been versus below 500 teams so like let me see them face some like actual top opponents and yeah they are they are pounding bad teams yeah. this year so but light the beam I- super fun it is so fun. You know Can what? you give B, a B? B minus. Okay, okay, all right. That's fine. We'll, right. we'll, we'll, we'll take that. We'll you take share more with your way into a higher grade. Bobby's <laughs> never seen Clueless. So. I don't know what that means. But oh, right. Bobby, remember, we have a bet. Kings and Blazers. Better we? record. We made that a few weeks ago on the show. Uh, I don't I don't bet or uh, fix or we tip don't, or anything. Yeah, no, no betting, no tipping, so no fixing. if it's a friendly, no, free... It was uh, a, 
If it's no, no, it wasn't a, like a bet bet. It was just like, <laughs> a, hey, we're going to have fun with it and say, hey. All right. Like a... Okay. You hear that, Adam Silver? Just, just <laughs> lay just off, clarifying. Pal. Yeah, lay off. Okay. Uh, coming up next to a team that I don't think Isaac is going to give them an A, the LA Clippers, 22 and 21. They did just pound the Mavs the other day, but they are, they're right around 500. Go ahead, Isaac. I'm scared. B. B. B? Yeah, I got a B. Wow. Yeah. I gave him a C plus. I, I gave him a C. Uh, I didn't do plus or minuses. I just did whole letters. Oh, I'm generous. I'll give you the extra point the three extra, three okay. to your GPA. I gave yeah. him a C. Not enough, or maybe is this my first incomplete? Just mm. not enough games. That's with, good. Yeah, yeah, it's incomplete. You know what? Incomplete. Not enough games with both Kawhi and Paul George. I haven't seen them play. Like I think they played like maybe sixteen games with all of them together. Um, incomplete. Incomplete. Isaac, why yeah. a B? For that reason that they're still top six in the West and, you know, Kawhi's missed games, Paul George's missed games, and they've, you know, they've pieced it together. I like Tyler as a coach. And yeah, I do too. For me, like, yeah, I just thought if they're going to miss those games, I would have had them a little lower, but they've stayed afloat kind of as the top six team. Yeah, I think, uh, man, they got to get back soon because yeah. what you don't want is what happened to the Clippers last season where, of course, Kawhi was out the whole year, but the Clippers were in the play-in game, and then they didn't have Paul George, and their season was over. Yeah. And so I, I, they have to end up in the top six. I know you want to you wanna take it easy with them and, and give them rest and all that stuff so they're good to go for April, but if you don't make it to April, then it doesn't matter. Exactly. So I, I, C-plus for them. All right, we, uh, we've made it through the top six, so in the last six minutes, we've got to burn through. Yeah, we've got to speed it up All right, up so let's turn on the Jets for all the teams with below 500 records. I'll go first here. Phoenix Suns, 21 and 22. I'm giving them a D. The reason why, of course, they've had a rash of injuries and stuff, but they're 2 and 8 this season in games decided by three points or less. In the last two seasons combined, they were 15 and 5. And so the hallmark of this team has been able, is them being able to win these close games. They're not doing it. Chris Paul is really kind of, he's struggling. And, and Devin Booker, despite being really good, he's hurt now. And so it's kind of, ugh. I'm going to go between a D and an F. I'm going to go D minus. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to go D minus. I mean, here in my notes, I just have decent record. They're a hot mess off the court. Like, hot mess like hot, the sun. Yeah, like the sun. Uh, they started 15 and 6. They haven't been great since. They've had injuries. And they closed the first half losing 9 out of 10. Can't. Isaac? Uh, D. D. B. B. B as in dog. Oh, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, Get off oh I thought I said B. I was like... <laughs> oh. D as in dog. I won't give reasons because we got to speed it up. Yeah, right. Go Golden State Warriors. C. C. C plus. I'm the so optimist. Nice. <laughs> Steph missed some time. They won without him. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Utah Jazz. The feel-good story of the first half, but they're 21 and 23. Hey, baby. Hey. Hey, hey baby. Here's here's the thing. I gotta spend my time on this real quick. Their fan base, like, what a what a great season. Like, you're gonna suck. You traded all your best players. You br bring in this rookie head coach, Will Hardy, and they had fun for like a month or so. Like, they actually won games. The crowd's going nuts. They beat Donovan Mitchell the other night. Jordan Clarkson went off. A lot of fun. Like, you had fun. Jordan like, Clarkson all... tried to beat a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, he squared up. You have an all star, like a potential all star in Larry Markinen. Like. It, he's been a lot of fun and now you're going like you're still keeping the overall direction of your team like they're going to go for Wimbenyama so it's like all right you had fun one games your coach is good you have a potential all-star 
you're probably going to do some trades before the deadline. And then you're going to be bad enough to be in the top, you know, in the lottery and stuff. So I think it's an A. I think it's been awesome season for their fan base and the direction they want to go. I so gave him a go. B. I they... gave him a C. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's a good disagreement. We can embrace debate on this. Another I just said fantastic start. They came back down to earth. So what's an average score? A C. Yeah, one, yeah two, I gave him a three. B because they got off to a good start and they're back to earth. But I didn't expect them to get off to a good start. Um, okay. Minnesota Timberwolves, my first incomplete, just incomplete. I, I didn't like what I saw whenever they were healthy, but they they haven't been healthy in a while, so just incomplete. Just I, kinda, I'm kind of disappointed in them. D as in dog. I had a D as well. All right, we can agree on this. D one, as in wolf. <laughs> Portland yeah. Trailblaze. Oh, sorry. Were you about no, to? I was no, say, no, I just no. Don't, just a D. I, I don't. I don't like any out. of the vibes from that yeah. team. Yeah, it hasn't worked out. They gave up so much for Rudy. Hasn't worked out. Cat's been out. Just. 11 and 13 versus losing teams are the Wolves. That is not good. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry, working out great for Yeah. Portland Trailblazers, 19 and 22, just 3 and 10 their last 13 games. I'm giving them a C plus. I gave them a C. Uh, C. Anthony stepped up when Dame was out. He was super fun to watch. Um, yeah. Now we'll see. Maybe they'll maybe they'll stomp the Mavs twice and we'll be eating our words. But I, I think we'll they're, they're really struggling right now. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder. 19 and 23. Despite playing great, they're still 12th place, but I'm giving them a B plus. I th- I, they're like one year away from being legit top six contender, I think. Yeah, I gave them a, a B as well. Shea, I mean, they have a actual superstar on their roster. Like Shea, I, I, I want to call Shea a superstar. I, I, he's awesome. I, he's amazing. He's amazing. He tied, he tied Russ 32 games, took him 32 games to get to 1,000 points. Uh, tied Russ for the franchise record. Now, obviously, that doesn't include Seattle. I don't know about Seattle history, but, you know, Jay's fun. B. Yeah, I gave him, like, a, a C plus. Yeah. All right, you're a hater, dude. Come on. How are you so love- lenient to the Jazz, but then you're just stomping all over the thunder? Come, yeah. come on. Come on. Come on. I mean, I, lo- I love SGA and Giddy. I just... Some of the other pieces on the team, I'm like, oh, I don't know what you are. Not a big Darius Baisley guy. I mean, he's Chet's going to replace him next Listen, year. They got Poku, okay. But but they're almost like Dallas's own not, Kenrich Williams. They're almost going to win too many games. I feel like to like be in the. They don't need. It. They don't need it. They don't need any more young guys. Let's, All right, quick fire for the have. last three. L.A. Lakers D. 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 Shout out to Anthony Davis saying he's going to play 82 games this year. <laughs> F. <laughs> San Antonio Spurs, 13 and 29. C minus. This is kind of what I thought they would be, and it's just sort of bleh. I gave him a D, but the Alamo Dome <laughs> game will be fun. That'll be cool. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a D for me. I they're thought they were supposed f- to be bad. I don't know why y'all are giving them a D. They're, they're supposed they're to be bad. they're not good. They're just not good. They're not fun they're, to watch. They're accomplishing they're not, their goals. But they're not fun they're to not, watch. They're not fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. I'm with Isaac. They put What's 120 on the maths. <laughs> What's their fan base excited about? Kelvin exactly. Johnson, dude. The Alamo Dome. Trey Jones. The Alamo Dome game is the biggest moment. Uh, the Rockets, I gave an F. <laughs> Same. They're, they're, they're horrific to watch. They have no direction. They Zero. have. I don't. They need a point guard. They need something. Like they're just brute. If I even to watch Coach Rockets Silas game, was like, "Hey, I would like to speed this rebuild along. Mm. Like, let's keep, let's go." Uh, Stevens like, send me to Cancun right now. <laughs> Three, two, one, Cancun. Poor guy. On to the east. I just gave him a D. Free Boban. 
Well, we made it through. We got a lot of disagreements. <laughs> we'll do a Utah segment next week. But coming up next, we got to move on to the whole new conference. We're going to see how quickly we can make it through the East uh, <laughs> and, and how much Isaac wants to go in depth on the Detroit Pistons. Coming up next on the Corner 3, Studio 41 Radio. <laughs> Hour number two of the corner three three. on Studio 41 Radio. It's the the third quarter, but it's hour number two. So it's the second half, but it's the third quarter. So you can hold up however many fingers you want. But what I'm going to do is hold up the beam, baby. Light the beam. (gasps) The Sacramento Kings giving them an A. Cat, you can change your mind if you want. But this beam is going all the way to outer space. I don't know what it is. I'm like they just haven't played like great opponents. I don't know. It's just I light the beam is fun. I had that in my notes. So what would be the Dallas equivalent? Light the ball, like reunion. Tower? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cue the Charlie XCX. That's the Dallas one. The the I don't care song. Don't care. That's what the Mavs play whenever they win a home game, and then they go into DeRoe's, uh Mavs theme song. Oh, okay. Uh, I forget what it's called. I think it might just be called Mavericks. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it was it was played at Reunion, right? Reunion Arena. DeRose song? Yes. No. I was talking about how long it's been played. Oh no, just the season. It's a new theme it's song. A new one. It's not like the it's not like the uh what's the is it the Cupid Shuffle where at the beginning the guy's like, We got a brand new dance. Like the song is like twenty years old. Yeah. Like you, you gotta you gotta get rid of that line. You know, we got like a we got a real old dance. You know, like you've definitely everyone's heard of the Cupid Shuffle. So uh, hey, you know what we should do on the stream on the stream one day? I was thinking this the other day. We're just so random, but we should we should do like the in arena, uh, like you know, uh, acts or whatever the games that they play in the arena, like the Waterburger Fried Toss and all that. We should do them live on the stream, like us three. That'd okay, be so fun. I'd be down. I've always wanted to throw one of those fries. It is. It's harder than it looks. I know. It, I've done but it, but like once. I have noticed that like once like that person gets momentum. Like, they started just going in. There was a, a, a dude at a recent home game that probably gave the best performance I've ever seen. Really? In, in it the w- flying it really was. Yeah. Like, I, it was unbelievable. We should put his jersey in the rafters. So make sure you all follow the YouTube channel as uh, we can end Twitch, twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll also add our name to <laughs> Flying Fry lore. Okay, we're going to grade the Eastern Conference now. Feels like the East is way less divisive than the West because, like, kind of the the best teams have the best records, yeah. and then like the mid teams have the mid records, and there's really not super many surprises. So we might not have as many disagreements. I don't know. I'm grading, a, so yeah, that's true. And there are a couple teams that we might have varying d- levels of of dunk on. You know, uh, there's some teams that I, I got some I got some bones to pick with. I okay? got I gave two A's. I gave five. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm too easy. <laughs> I don't know. Let's Isaac? find out. For the East, I gave uh, I gave three. Wow. Okay. So I'm just really nice. I guess I'm just really really Everyone's nice. Everyone's gonna take it. Bobby's class. Cool. I'm the cool professor. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 the guy that like wears Mav shirts to class. You know. <laughs> he wears Very all his free guy. Mavs polos. Yeah. On, polos, on ratemyprofessor.com. Yeah. I don't have any chili peppers, but I do have thumbs ups. You know, yeah, get twenty percent off at Hollister. Just give him Bobby twenty. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You'd have a couple chili peppers. Oh, it's the nicest thing yeah. you've ever said to me. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, if you would give me any chili peppers, comment below <laughs> on the YouTube channel. 
Okay, let's start at number one. Boston Celtics, 31 and 12. I'll just get mine out of the way. A plus. Yeah, I gave them an A as well. I mean, top record in the NBA. They have a great duo and Tatum and Brown, and they didn't let off court issues, you know, in the offseason affect them. Um, new coach stepped in. They've been playing great. No finals hangover either. It was yeah, important yeah. to say. A lot of teams, yeah. they kind of freak out after. Not them. No. Yeah, I gave him an A also, you know, mainly because Tatum, you know, he wants to be Kobe and still wearing the practice gear and, you know, all that. But I thought that they would take it. I think the, I thought the Ime stuff would take a bigger hit on them. 100%. 100%. I thought it had to mean something. That's when going to the season, I'm like, all right, they can't be the same because it has to mean something, you know, losing the coach. And it was even beyond that. You know, they, they get Gallo. Gallo's out. He tears his ACL. He's out for the year. There's you know, Kevin Durant speculation and Jalen Brown tweet and everybody's reading into it. There's just all this different stuff that was like, all right, bad vibes, mm-hmm. mojo's off, what's going on? And they're playing really, really good and basketball. Now I got to say, now that the Time Lord is back, they're just, yeah, they're fun. They, Zula's doing great. He chews, he chews gum like an, a monster. Next time you see them. really working. Overall. It's really oh, working the. It's become a thing too with like, Celtics fans. Okay. It's, it's yeah. Interesting. I think they're like built, you know, I'm not trying to gas them up too much or whatever, but I think that they might be like the most perfect archetype of a team for this era of the NBA. Yeah. Where you have they, two they gig- different. You got two gigantic. Yeah, they're different. They're a problem. They're, they're a bucket. They got two guys that are very tall, that are very big, that can make plays, attack the basket. Everybody else on the floor can dribble, shoot, and pass, except for Robert Williams is the one exception. He's not much of a shooter, but... He can score around the rim, and he plays incredible defense. Yeah. All of their guards can defend forwards. All of their forwards can defend guards. They're just incredible. They're they're so, so freaking good, and I'm very jealous. Okay, moving on. Brooklyn Nets. This might be – I don't know. It feels like they're they're playing well enough now to where they we might agree on this, but I'm not really sure. Isaac, what do you think? I actually gave him an A, and – um all the stuff that they had to deal with at the beginning of the season for them to turn their season around. And, you know, they made a coaching change that we all know of. Uh, Obviously Durant got hurt recently, but for them to be where they're at and have like their record over the past, like 20 games, isn't like, I never saw that coming. And so, yeah, I had to give them an A. Kat. I gave him a B plus. I mean, it was just a rough start, like rough start. You, but to be where they are, you know, B plus. I split the difference. I went a minus. Okay. Yeah, and and my one kind of stat to know about the Nets is they are only nine and eleven this season against winning teams. That now, was that was a big part of what went yeah. into migrating. Now, granted, their eleventh loss was against the Celtics. They also yeah. lost twice to the Mavs earlier this season. Once um, in the Steve Nash era, whenever things were kind of bumpy and Ben Simmons was like trying to make his comeback, and then once mm-hmm. without Kyrie. So some of these games they have lost either without KD or without Kyrie or without both or whatever, but. 18 and 3 against losing teams, 9 and 11 against winning teams, a huge difference. It just it needs to even out a little bit. Yeah, that was a to, huge to really part of why it. I gave them a B plus. Yeah. So. Okay, number three team, the Milwaukee Bucks, 27 and 15. They started 9 and 0, but they're just 18 and 15 cents, cat. I gave him a B. Um, Giannis, super fun to watch. Love the dude. Um, I they you know, they started great. Came back down to earth a little bit. Uh, like I said, Giannis is still Giannis, but his supporting cast, like Middleton's been out, Drew's missed games, so B. 
Yeah, I gave him a B also, mainly because that, you know, last few months, that 18, 15, um, you know, it's kind of unfair because they basically missed Middleton for like the whole year. Yeah. Now it's still kind of weird. But yeah, I just couldn't do an A, so B. I went with A minus because I kind of expected them really ever since the uh, a couple years ago, whenever they were the number one seed and got bounced in the second round. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of been under the impression that the last maybe season or two, they just haven't really necessarily taken the regular season as seriously as they used to because like they know they're good enough to win all these games and so I didn't necessarily expect them to be the number one team in the east or maybe even the number two seed and yet here they are by virtue of that really really hot start which to me at the halfway mark is kind of like okay we won a bunch of games got Mm -hmm. some padding now let's just try and work Chris back in just take our time with it you know so we'll yeah. see. Maybe in another 10 or 15 games, they're still going to be just kind of sputtering and playing this 500 ball, and then I'll come down a little bit. But I wanted to give them just a little boost because I wasn't necessarily expecting them to, to come gunning for that one seed. Yeah, I can get behind that. I like that. Okay, moving on to the number four team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Feels like expectations for them was kind of all over the place coming into the year. Yeah. Um, I originally gave them a B plus. I think I'm going to switch it to an A. Okay. Yeah, they're super fun to watch. Donovan Mitchell's having a phenomenal year. Um, and then he has help. It's he's not doing it by himself. So he has Garland, Mobley, Lavert. Um, they allow the fewest amount of points in the paint per game from opponents. Jared Allen and, is yeah, that Yeah, Jared dude, Allen, man. your Pokemon he's guy. I mean, he is that dude. <laughs> Top ranked defense. Um, my only knock on them, they're not great on the road, but other than that, great team. Yeah, I give him an A. Also, the uh, the Donovan Mitchell fit has been great, and I was I was really curious. Not that I have big question marks, but just how him and Garland would play and Mobley second year and all of that. But I mean, I really think that good. was one of our big things in the offseason. We're like, it's going to be hit or miss. Whether he yeah. fits, whether yeah. Donovan fits, and it's been he's taken more of like alpha dog role than I thought. Like Garland has clearly taken, you know, the back seat. Mobley hasn't had you know breakout big time sophomore season and it's like it's clearly donovan mitchell like he's gonna be an all-star starter and it's like all right yeah that's what it should be they have an embarrassment of riches i gave him an a plus they were a top four top five team all year last year until injuries bit him at the end i don't even know if they needed donovan mitchell but now they just seem like i would be really 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 afraid of them in a playoff series because they have so many different ways they can beat you for sure so rock solid on defense donovan can go off for 50 at any time now in the playoffs last year he didn't really do it against the mavs but the jazz didn't have a darius garland yeah they pop they, off. they're not they're no, not they, the jazz yeah. aren't the Cavs. Yeah, yeah the Cavs are just man they are they are looking really really good so i'm giving them an a plus so far up next the philadelphia 76ers i'll take this one first they started 12 and 12 if we would have done a quarter or a 33% check-in, I would have given them an F because it looked terrible. But they have won up until Thursday night. They lost to OKC. Before that, they had won 13 out of their last 15 games. Harden missed a bunch of time, has come back, is fitting in really well. All of a sudden, they're starting to hum. And despite some weirdness going on, like Matisse Thibault, like may or may not just be a player on their team anymore. Yeah, like, that's weird. Yeah, their bench was like, they used to be so deep, and now it feels like they're not as deep, but their starting five is just so so bulletproof. It just, they're really uh, they're really good. So I'm giving them a, a B plus. But maybe I'm just high on them having a, you know, played really well very lately. Isaac? I gave him a B, literally for all the same reasons that Bobby said. Yeah, sorry. I did, I did, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> I gave him a B as well. 
They're great at home. 17 and 7 at home, 8 and 9 on the road. Could, you know, could be better. <laughs> but yeah, same reasons, B. Yeah, they won. I think at some point they won 9 or 10 straight games at home. So Yeah. They were on the, a roll. turn that place into a forge is a very tough place to play. Up next, the New York Knicks in a tie for 6th place in the East, 23 and 19. Let's start with Isaac. No, I was going to say, y'all got to sell me on this one. So I grouped all of my my grades into like tiers of like all the teams in A, all the teams in B. I mm-hmm. didn't go like all the way down. And for some reason, I missed the Knicks. So Ooh. I want to I hear y'all first, and then I'll give my letter grade off. All right, Cat. Okay, I gave them a B. I did. Um, You know, they lose easy games, but then again, who doesn't? Because apparently that's the trend. Even you heard the Boston fans being like, we lose easy games. So, mm. you know, who doesn't who doesn't do that? Um, top 10, defense, offense, net rating. Jalen has been amazing for them. I mean, you can't you can't deny, especially lately. Uh, it's a B. They kind of feel like the Eastern Conference Mavs, which is weird because, of course, like their, <laughs> I mean, their entire franchise plays for the Mavs now. I was going to say, like with the trades that yeah. have been happening, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but they just, for whatever reason, sometimes they just do not have it against yeah. teams that they should be beating, and sometimes they just look indestructible. Top 10 in offense and defense is unbelievable to yeah. me because I don't think that they have the offensive or the defensive personnel to be top 10 in either, and yet here they, they are. are. So I'm giving them a B, too. I'm not super all the way in on believing in them, but the results do kind of speak for themselves, and numbers don't lie. And I will say, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, Rob Perez, like when he like when he's real high on them, and then he'll just like be so low, and it's just amazing. Very New York. It's a it's a good it's a good watch. Isaac, did I'll, we do well, or do you think that we're just a couple of bozos? <laughs> no, that's good. I'll I'll give him a B too. Uh, they they found them a point guard in JB yeah. and. I'm happy for him. That's worked out. Seems like a great pairing. And and Randall seems like back to two years ago. Randall a little bit. Last he's year he struggled. Back. Yeah, and they're and him and Brunson play well together. Yeah, it's the all lefty team, man. All lefty team. Although Barrett has yeah, been out for a while. Yeah, I was just gonna say so Barrett. Kinda, okay. I, I don't know how he fits in there. Yeah, now, it's a, yeah, it just feels really weird because they still have the like Cam Reddish, Evan Fournier, yeah. Derrick Rose barely quickly. playing. Like none of those guys yeah. are playing at all. But then the, yeah, they have quickly who's playing. But now all of a sudden he might get traded. So yeah. it's like. Very weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's a very weird team outside of JB. But okay. The vibes are weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Next team, Indiana Pacers. Maybe this the team that has overachieved the most through the first half of the year. I gave them an A, and I'm not going to argue about it. That's an easy A for me. I, that was my second team in the East to get an A. They get an A for me. Um, I'm kind of bummed that Tyrese got injured. Um, they had just been on a roll. That could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is there any sort of timetable on that? I don't think so. I they said that one. they didn't expect it to be long term. So maybe he's back soon. Yeah, but I obviously, so. if he's out, they're yeah. going to they're not going to win. But I will say that my one point is that they barely got to 25 wins last year. They barely got there and they've already pretty much surpassed that. So it's an A. I, I give him a B. Um, Dude, I feel like I'm the only one that's not a hater. In this in this entire program, even Chopper is over there cackling at my generous grades. Come on, I gave dude. it a B just because. There's I don't no think way that you thought upper... they were going to win 23 games for the season, let alone halfway through. No, but I agree. no, but like, what are they? Like, what what it, what direction are you going? That that's that what, is that's a good. I point. think the yeah. buddy. I think the, the buddy amount like they're only four games over 500, and it's like, are you like right now you're in the play in. 
Halliburton's good. He should be an all-star. You still haven't done anything with the Buddy Miles Turner thing. And, like, you have some good young players, but you're not bad enough to be in the lottery sweepstakes, but you're not good enough. I, I just don't know what they are. So that's the only thing. They're exceeding expectations, and Halliburton and Matherin's fun. You know I what just, they are? That's my only thing. They're an Uncle Rick Ricky team. team. Yeah, yeah they're exactly. Rick Carlisle. Uncle, exactly. Uncle Ricky. Yeah. They're the, Yoda they're Rick. The Where, where's Yoda Rick at? Uh, he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> he's gone. They're like uh, the 2014 Mavs, or like the... The, yeah. the, they they ended up the eight seed in the West. They were way better than anyone thought they'd yeah. be. They were super fun. They almost beat the Spurs. But it's kind of like okay, they're are Rick they? Carlisle. Yeah, mean, they're just Rick. Literally, yeah, they're just, just Rick. Rick. Yeah, that's what Rick does. Uh, okay, Miami Heat, a team that is not a Rick Carlisle team. Mm-hmm. They are twenty three and twenty. I'll go first on this one if y'all don't mind. Go ahead. B minus. They have only played 15 winning teams, which is the second fewest in the Eastern Conference. Them and Philly are the two easiest uh, schedules so far in the East. Philly has taken advantage of it to a degree that Miami has not. They have no power forwards on their entire roster. I think Miami has a lot of issues to sort out, so B-. minus. I just went off vibes on this one. I gave them a C. I'm just like, they're just yeah, not I'm with, good. Yeah, I'm with Kat. They're just not good. I, d- I don't see the appeal in them right now, like... Not like, what's been good about their season? Bam? Like, Bam Jimmy's been really good. <laughs> but Bam's he's yeah. spotty at times. Like, he's been pretty consistent lately, but. Could, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Especially fine. relative to the rest of their roster, but that's not saying much. I mean, but defense hit or miss. Like, mm-hmm. it's just. Yeah, I get my Anyway, seat. yeah. Yeah, kind of just sort of disappointing. They were so close to the conference finals. Or the, the finals. <laughs> Sorry. They were game seven of the conference finals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At- Atlanta Hawks, 19-22. and 22, D. God bless. My one, goodness. One of y'all do it. One of I y'all gave them an it. F. I just, I mean, <laughs> Trey Young is Trey Young, but oh my gosh, the vibes are horrible. On top of that, Trey Young sometimes doesn't just, he's just, I won't show up. Like, you can't have that from your star player. No, absolutely not. Vibes are terrible. F. Goodbye. Yeah, I mean it's a D or an F. I mean, D, sure D. I mean, D minus. D because they're in the play-in and the vibes have been off, so it's like you're still at least in the play-in. But if yeah, mm. it goes I, to show you, I at the beginning of like last season or two years ago, whenever that was, if it was the beginning of last season, every Mavs fan was like, the Hawks have such a better organization than the Mavs. They've done such a better job building that team than the Mavs. How things that can work change. Out for y'all. Well, let's not take a victory lap yet, but I things know, can change very, very quickly. Yeah. No matter how well or how bad you think you have it, it could change quick. And, and they spend a ton of money. Change. Yeah. yeah. So, moving on. Uh, Chicago Bulls. D. Dang. I'll fill in the blank. I want C minus. They're just not meshing well on the court. They're big three, you know, with um, Samar, Zach, and Vooch. Just not. They don't blend. Um, they're not meeting my off-season expectation, so you know. I I gave him a D also. Like, I haven't liked the vibe. I mean, I know Lonzo injuries hurt him. You know, that's a weird injury, but yeah. Um, it feels like a lot of teams are dealing with injuries, but I I don't know. They've won some games of late. They've been better, but the vibes have been weird with that team. They could go any direction at the deadline, and I wouldn't be shocked. Feels yeah. like outside of Lonzo, they've had pretty good injury health. Injury luck. Well, like Levine, I think Levine had a. Had He's a working few. his way back and yeah. everything, yeah, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, just right. kind of dreary. Rapid fire, let's go. Toronto Raptors. D. 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 
I wanted better for them. I uh, me too, but like, oh my god. I was high. I was high. Body on this getting team, into it, like, yeah. and during the layup line. Their guys are all pretty much playing well, but they're not winning. It's yeah, so weird. No, just yeah, deep. Just weird. I like I like a lot of their players soon. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Washington Wizards, eighteen C. and twenty-four. C. C. Wait, what'd you say? B. B tier. Oh, I gave him an F. F. Oh! Whoa. I'm d- I'm so done with this team. What What are you doing? Like what are what is what is your direction? Fair like enough. you you suck. You're 18 and 24, but yet you have but yet you are paying somebody like 500 million dollars <laughs> and then you're paying all these win now players to not win now. <laughs> like you're just what you have no like you drafted somebody in the top 10 and the dude's playing in like a YMCA league right now. <laughs> what what are y'all doing? You're in an F. I like, think you can have the floor for the next minute to what, keep going. If you're a Wizards fan, what are you excited right now? KP. Obdia getting 20 boards in a game? You're like, cool. I gave him a C plus because they got off to a good start and then Brad Beal got hurt. And it's just kind of been weird. <laughs> right? oh Orlando yeah. Magic. Let's 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 op- put inject some optimism. Orlando okay, Magic. Orla- B plus. B plus. I gave him a C B, plus. B, B plus. B, B, B. Okay, fine. You know, split the difference. Whatever. That's good. Bump him up to a B. They played I an love easy- Jamal. Powell is fun. They played an easy let's schedule, go. but they're winning. Yeah. Uh, they're they're learning to win games, which is important. Detroit Pistons, twelve and thirty-three. Incomplete. I feel like this is such an irrelevant team. <laughs> they just beat the Mavs. I know, but like yeah. incomplete. I know nothing C- about minus. them. C minus. No Cade. Yeah, D slash incomplete. They just shut K down for the year, and I'm like, I don't care. I don't yeah, care about I don't know anything yeah. about them. Charlotte Hornets, eleven and thirty-two. D. D plus just to make them feel better. I don't know. It's not good. Can't be charitable. It's kind of incomplete, but I'll give it a D just because Lamelo just came back and he's clearly their best player. They're not doing good with Lamelo. Whatever. Anyway, that's for another day. Something to be excited about. Wizards fans are over here trying to hype up. He's off. DC's been through enough the last few years. All right, coming up next, we're handing out awards (laughs) at the midway point on the corner three. Welcome back to the corner three. All right. So we have been in mid season mode. So of course we're going to do some mid season awards. I mean, what's a show without some awards? I will be listening to Bobby and Isaac give their takes and I will continue teacher mode. So, oh, also Yoda Rick is ah! parents. <laughs> so if you're watching on YouTube, we have a mug with Yoda Rick on it and it's back. He's back. Get it away. <laughs> I, I thought that left a year and a half ago. <laughs> so do we want to start off with MVP or do we want to start off with rookie? Ooh, well, you're the professor. You Let's choose. start off with rookie of the year. Work our way up to MVP because I feel like that's more fun in my book. So, okay. Um, Bobby, rookie of the year so far. Okay. So the one caveat I'll say is that Isaac and I might agree on some of these awards. If we do, I also wrote down my second place finisher. And so maybe that can sort of okay. be the deciding factor here. Uh, my rookie of the year, I feel like Isaac has been pounding this drum for months now. Uh, I mean, we know what Isaac's going to say. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I'm going to say the same thing. The rookie of the year is Jaden Hardy. Just kidding. The rookie of the year <laughs> Whoa. is Paolo Bancaro, Orlando Magic. He's been awesome. 21.2 points, seven boards, four assists. The dude is very unique. 6'11", 250 or whatever he is. He's basically like Blake Griffin, but like also kind of like Giannis, but also like Carmelo Anthony. 
very, very unique, kind of exciting brand of basketball that he can play, and I'm super pumped to see how he continues developing under Moe's. My runner-up is Ben Matherin, Indiana Pacers. Oh, I like mm. that. 17 points per game off the bench. Started by shooting it great. His, his percentages have actually taken a, a bit of a nosedive the last few weeks or so. He's down to, I think, like 33 or 32% from three on the season, mm. which is kind of poor, but he's still scoring a lot and producing a lot for a winning team. And that matters a lot to me, even in sort of a, a, a relatively limited role, although he is getting a lot of minutes. It's not like he's just playing spot minutes. So Paolo is my rookie of the year. Ben Matherin is my runner-up at this point. Isaac, what's your case for Paolo? <laughs> um, <laughs> that was maniacal. This, this is just sports talk. I, I just spit <laughs> a lot when I said that. Okay. Um, I love Paolo. I mean, for a lot of the reasons that, you know, Bobby said, but what he could do at 6'10", um, is it, just really dang good. I mean, that, going into the draft, I thought he should have been the number one overall pick. He was. You know, he can – he's such a good passer. It was such a weird Duke team that he was playing with and that roster there, and they had, you know, a bunch of guys who got drafted. And But he is – I mean, we're seeing now him just take that next step and – I mean, they, they play through him at times with him as, you know, handling the ball. I, I love the pairing of him and Wagner together. Yeah. It's just such a fun, so fun pairing. It is. Whoever they add, you know, in the draft's going to be fun. So I just think he's a, I think when you, if you look back at the past, like three years, I think I would take him over anybody. Like I would take him over Anthony Edwards right now. Um, yeah, that's I think fair. I would take him. I think I would take him over Evan Mobley or Cade. I think you both get a point for this one. I mean, I obviously very much agree on the Paolo pick. Um, I think Jamal is so good at developing these young players. He gets them to buy in, and once a player is bought in like that, like it can only get better. So, the one thing that'll be interesting to see is like, it feels like Paolo has more of this sort of like alpha instinct okay. than someone like Franz Wagner. But Franz is really, really good too, and yeah. so it'll be curious to see what happens like in three years like if they're both cool with just kind of being if they become like the next brown and tatum yeah you know where they can both just dominate yeah. and both be really really good and really productive or if there will ever be some sort of like this is my team or is it your team because they're both kind of point guards but also power forwards it's yeah. very strange it's uh, this is a very unique team building exercise i think that they're they're going through it's gonna be fun to watch in the future I, I this guy's obviously, and this is also not going to get any like votes or anything. But Walker Kessler has impressed me this year. His block numbers and some of the stuff. He's not going to get any votes, whatever. But I just, hey, Matherin's the second choice. I think he's the clearly second choice. Are you saying Walker Kessler because you work for David Locke, or are you saying that like, are you like being pressured? <laughs> or blink twice if you're okay. Are you actually in Kentucky, or are you in David Locke's basement right now? <laughs> At least he gave I you wish a dog. I was in David Locke's basement. <laughs> oh wow, okay, All right. that's cool. Uh, okay, what which award is next, Cap? Okay, so the next one that I want to talk about is Defensive Player of the Midseason. Um, Walker Kessler. Well, it's not Rudy. It's not Rudy Gobert. Um, I I don't think it is. I I think Brooke Lopez has a decent case for it uh, up in Milwaukee. Uh, I think he's got some numbers to back his case up. It feels like you know it's so much of a narrative award. It's so much of a you know trying to look at the best you know some of the best teams in the league and say all right who's their defensive anchor who you know who blocks a lot of shots mm -hmm. i like to go kind of the, like versatile route uh, that's why i love 
Draymond when it comes to stuff like this. But I, I mean, I, I guess I lean Brooke Lopez, but okay. I, I mean, Giannis, I don't know. Giannis, this is a hard award. Giannis already won it so many times. Just kind of like Gobert, it's kind of like okay, whatever. Fatigue. If there's no other, if there's no other candidate, just give it to him. Marcus Smart, kind of in the same category. Yeah, although I agree. He only won it one time, I think, but it's sort of that same kind of like by default. I feel like Marcus Smart is always in the conversation. Yeah, here's a couple. Here's a couple kind of sexier new names. I think. Okay. Jared Allen, Cavs, best defense in the league, and he's awesome. Uh, if you want to go for the shot blocker. Same could be said for Jaron Jackson Jr. in Memphis, although he hasn't played many games. But those two guys, I don't think Mikael Bridges is going to get much love. And frankly, I don't really think there's like another wing defender mm-hmm. outside of uh, outside of Smart that's kind of popping off this year. But the one last name, the one surprise name, won't get any votes, Nick Claxton from the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, Nick yeah. Nick Claxton has actually very much surprised me this season. And awesome. in my notes for when we were uh, ranking teams, I was like, Claxton has been great. He's awesome. Yeah. He is a yeah. the ideal modern big. If, if, if you're talking about bigs that are not going to shoot, right? Like he's not a stretch big. He has the ideal skill set, the quickness, the length, the athleticism. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. He can finish around the rim. He can make passes. Really, really good player. Okay, I'm gonna go her, with I'm gonna go her, with Nick Claxton. I let's like go, it. Let's go. I like let's it. Go. Sorry. Let's go. Let's go. Let's Sorry, go. Isaac. I like Herb Jones too. Herb oh, Jones that's, a, good. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. one. That's a good yeah. one too. Um, okay, moving on to the next award, uh, the Sixth Man of the Year. So I feel like this one is also kind of narrative based, but you can have numbers to back it up. And then it gets kind of weird because if you know if you're going through injuries, if you're going through rotation stuff. Did the guy come off the bench for most of the games? Did the guy start? So like Christian Wood, that like is he now a starter? Is you know so stuff like that. So um, Isaac, what do you got? Don't laugh at me, Westbrook. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not laughing. I I think he I think he should be considered for it. For somebody that he embraced the had, role. Yeah, that I never thought would at least embrace it. He has embraced it. Maybe this is just, you know, recency bias. Uh, but, you know, 15 points a game, 15, 7, and 6, uh, kind of doing his thing, coming off the bench, giving him energy. So, I don't know. I Yeah, Christian Wood honestly would have been my pick if he stayed coming off the bench. Yeah, but now he's so, but about now, halfway, 50-50 yeah, starter. He still technically bench. matches the criteria or meets the criteria, but in like two weeks he won't Yeah, if, if he continues starting, then he won't. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I, obviously, it's fun to dunk on Russ, but I agree. He's been incredible off the bench. I, I just – I understand everyone makes fun of him shooting threes, and even the Mavs were leaving him open in the game against the Lakers. Like, it, it is – it's a serious issue, but I also think that there is – in the same way that, like, Patrick Beverly, for example, has that effect on mm-hmm. the teams he's on, Russ just has an effect on the team that he's on. There is a – there's an FU attitude. There's a very intense attitude. He has an intense presence about him. Sometimes that, that means you do some wacky things at both ends of the floor, like flagrantly fouling Luka in overtime for no reason. But other times, it means that you're going to win games you shouldn't. Other times, it means you're going to make a big comeback or whatever. So I, 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 I do like Russ. But my sixth man of the year – Bobby Portis, Milwaukee oh. Bucks, 13.3 points, 9.7 rebounds. He's been very good, rock solid for them. My runner-up, another. I tried to go off the beaten path with both of these I guys. Like it. My runner-up, Norman Powell, 
16 and a half points, 49% from the floor, 43% from three. He absolutely terrorized the Mavs yeah. whenever they played in L.A. earlier this week. And so I think both of those guys have been really, really good off the bench for teams whose starters and, and whose kind of like big dogs have missed a lot of time this year. Okay, I'm kind of torn on this one. Isaac, I like your point with the Russ and he embraced it, but I do think Bobby Portis has had a... I like Portis. I, yeah. yeah, I like... Point Bobby. Sorry, yes. Isaac. Sorry. This is awesome. Let's I don't keep like going. This. I love I this game. Yeah, I don't like this. I love this game. <laughs> okay. We're lucky you have nine left. <laughs> On to my personal favorite award. The most improved player of the midseason thus far. Um, go ahead, Bobby. Okay, so non-Lowry Markinen division, because I feel like they're just, they should just call it the Lowry Markinen Award this yeah, year. Yeah, that's a given for sure. My sleeper pick. I don't know. You don't, oh, Isaac doesn't know. Okay. Okay. He's going to present a case. Okay. My pick, I guess it kind of depends on what your definition of most improved is, because you can make a claim that Luca's the most improved player. I mean, John Morant won it. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could literally, if it's just a superstar, gets a little bit better then Luca should, because all of his numbers are, are yeah. astronomical. Um, but I'm going to give it to a guy who was pretty much kind of an afterthought and is now a really, really solid, exciting rotation player. I'm going to go with. Bull Bull from the Orlando Magic. I love that. 12 points, seven boards, one and a half blocks per game. In his previous three seasons in the NBA, played 53 total games and is now a rotation player on a team that is trying to get better. And I think he's played well enough to where, like, you fast forward two or three years when the Magic are good. Bull Bull could be a part of it. So I, I, I'm, I'm giving it to my guy, Bull Bull. Okay, I got to tag on to this because during the Magic preseason game that they played here in Dallas. I was sitting in the stands and Jamal puts Bobo in, right? And then as soon as he's coming off, Bobo has this huge smile on his face. He looks like he's having a blast. And then you could see Jamal say to him, was that fun? Did you have fun? And like the interaction there warmed my heart because Bobo was such an afterthought for so many teams. And like, yeah, whenever he would come in, people would be like, oh, Bobo, and like make a huge Do spectacle the of it. Do the Bobon thing, basically. It's the Bobon effect, yeah. right? And now to see him have like a genuine part in a team like that, granted, I mean, the team's not great, but I love to see it. I need him and uh, Wimbanyama on the same team. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. <laughs> um, I actually am going with somebody that I think is the runaway with the award over marketing. And um, even over Lowry. Wow. Okay. 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 I do because typically this award goes to somebody that enters that next like echelon yes. of superstardom. I think it's SGA's award to run Ooh, away with. That's a good one. I that don't even need to hear this, Isaac. You get the point, but that's go a, ahead. That is yeah. a really good one. SGA went from 24 points a game last year up to 31 this year. His field goal percentage went from 45 to 50. His three point percentage, 30 to 36. Like, He's he's in that. I mean, there's a he's not gonna start the All Star game because it's gonna be Steph and Luca probably, mm-hmm. but he's gonna be an All Star. I think it's his award because you know he fits into that John Morant. These guys, you look back at the award of those guys that jumped through that superstardom. I think it's SGA's. I love it's unfortunate it. for Larry. But yeah, point Isaac, one hundred percent. Sorry, Bob. That's a, that's but a good that one. Was Thank you. Thank you. I, try, I tried to make the emotional appeal by yeah. going bowl bowl. Isaac was. A little emotional, but also a little more rational too. Yeah, so and, I can I'll concede that point I mean, for sure. Like I said, Shay has hit 
superstar for me. Like he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, unbelievable. So to make that leap from hey, you're leading a team to now like hey, like you're an all star and like becoming a superstar. And somehow he's like group. he's putting up a bunch of numbers too, but it feels like everybody else on the team also touches the ball a lot. Like they lead the league by a mile in drives, and it's not yeah. just Shea. Like Giddy does a bunch of stuff. Kenrich Williams does a bunch of stuff. Like. They just have so many guys that just make plays for each other. They have such a good system. I'm very, very bullish on OKC long term. Yeah, and also 100%. short term too. I think they're gonna be really good like next I year. I mean, Presty is he's Yeah. He's an from, office. From genius. GM all the yeah. way down to the coach, down to the yeah, players, down 100%. to the fans. Awesome. Um awesome. before we yeah. get to MVP, I just wanna Oh, coach real quick. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Okay, I wanna okay. do I wanna do coach first. Okay. So Sorry. coach of the year or mid season. Coach of the mid season. Um, can I go first? Go ahead. Okay. Sorry to cut you off. I thought you were I thought you were gonna uh do something else before MVP and forget about coach. I was like, no, we can't listen, forget about no, our guys. Forget on the about bench. Coach. Yeah. Uh Jacques Vaughn is my selection for coach of the year. Same thing we talked about with the Nets, just piloting all of the drama. All of the nonsense. Yeah. And there's been a whole lot of it on and off the floor, especially off the floor. Um, guys missing time, taking over a team that was under five hundred, firing a head coach a whole lot of turmoil and now they're just rattling off a bunch of wins mm -hmm. and playing really really good defense in the process too which is a huge problem for them earlier in the year so Jacques Vaughn other candidates though and Isaac you might hit on some of these guys Willie Green with the Pelicans Mike Brown with the Kings and also how about Rick Carlisle with the Indiana Pacers hey why not and then maybe Jason Kidd for uh number five there you go what you got Isaac <laughs> let's go Mavs my, my pick was Jacques Vaughn I'd go Willie Green second. And I think Missoula deserves some credit too. Yeah. 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 I mean, same thing with losing Ime and everything. Yeah, I, I could see that too. Um, yeah, obviously yeah, point I, to both of y'all. I mean, Jacques Vaughn. And on top of that, I don't know if you guys have seen a lot of his pressers, but he just seems like a good vibes guy. Like I just I great great beard too. I love his beard. Phenomenal beard. Yeah. He wins coach of the year just for the beard. So there you go. He stuck around in the NBA for a long time despite never really being like a you know, starting level, star level player, which means you got to be just a good dude. Yeah. You know? I mean, he seems like he's a really good dude. He looks like he's just having fun out there and it looks like the players like him. So uh, props to him. I, I hope he actually does win coach of the year for real, for real at the end of the season. Um, all right. Finally, MVP. This is a this is a hot topic and it's been a hot topic for a couple years. I, all I got to say is Europe has taken over. Europe has taken over the MVP. So. Oh, Isaac, Isaac, go first. First. Oh, Isaac are, are you brave enough to not say the obvious answer? Yeah, I mean, I think it's Jokic right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I mean, I think Luca's right there with him. 3P? You really, it, you're, going, you're going 3P? Just at this current moment. I mean, they're tied for the best record in the West, and – his numbers are absolutely insane. I mean, just insane. What he does night in, night out. I mean, Luca does the same thing. It's, you're splitting hairs when it comes to, you know, these guys at the top. But, you know, and I get it. He has a better supporting cast, all this stuff. But I just, I have to go, my, I have to take my heart out of it for a second. And yeah. go lean Jokic at the moment. Bobby? I am going to go right now with the Mavs in fourth place, Luca. I think if you finish with home court, in either conference, you're like a very, very deserving candidate. And I think that Luca is a very deserving candidate. I think he is the epitome of an MVP. 
Um, he is the rising tide that lifts all boats. He's also the leading scorer in the NBA. It's very hard to do both of those things, especially playing for an injury-ravaged team. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go with Luka. I think that if the Nuggets, if you fast forward to game 82 and the Nuggets are still your number one seed in the West, then maybe Jokic can be like, no, this is it. But it, it otherwise takes an extraordinary level of production and of achievement and all of that stuff for a guy to win three straight MVPs. And so I, I'm, I'm not going to go Jokic yet, but if at the end of the year they get to, uh, they get to number one seed and then the, especially if the masks fall out, then I could maybe go with Jokic. Um, Okay, let me pick KD, your brain. Oh, K- yeah. KD also. I was going to say, let me pick your brain on a couple other guys. Okay. So KD being one of them. What do you think? What do you think KD? What is his case? Uh, I think KD has a case because Brooklyn has a really good record. And, you know, we'll see if they how long he's out for and also what their record is without him. But it feels like if you if you play like under a certain number of games, you're kind of automatically DQ'd, I think. And if yeah. KD really misses like a month or a month and a half or whatever, it, I don't know what the timetable is, but if he misses like yeah. 20, 25 games, that, that might impacts be too much. it. That yeah. impacts that it. That might for be sure. too much. And then my last guy on this list that everyone has obviously talked about is Jason Tatum. So what what would you say his case is for MVP? Best player on the best team. Yeah. That's, okay. Fair that's enough. Pretty much. But they have so much other talent. I feel like you 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 have to give it to in a year like this when Jokic is playing the way he is, Luke is playing the way he is, and other guys are. I think you have to give it to guys that are like individually achieving at extraordinary levels for good teams. I don't think yeah. you can do the best player on the best team. That feels like such a shortcut, kind of like a cop-out to me. Okay, so we had in the bonus schedule, but I want to throw out, I kind of want to hear what y'all's like um, all-NBA teams would be since we're kind of, you know, in the discussion of... Okay, let's kick the, let's kick the bonus to next week. I like, I like doing the midway all-NBA okay. teams. Isaac, I just got done talking a bunch about every MVP candidate, so you go first. We may have lost Isaac. It, um, you know, Jason. No. Okay. Oh, I'm here. I'm oh, here. Hi. I okay. can hear him. Perfect. Um. Yeah. You know, well, t- you know, Tatum has Sam Hauser, so you know that <laughs> kind of hurts his MVP MVP case. But no, I mean, it's going to be so. You know, you got to look at some of the voting stuff. You know, even with All Star stuff, you know, positions and all of that. But you know, Lucas got to be in there. Um, you know, Giannis, I, I think games played is going to be a huge factor when it comes to all NBA. Stuff. Okay. Let me, let me but, do this yeah. real quick. Positionless. If we're just, let's just, just your go top five guys, yeah, just top five guys. Let's go positionless and do it that way. Oh, Jokic, Jokic, Luka, Giannis, uh, Tatum and Embiid. Oh, that's a fun team. I think Embiid deserves it. Now, he he had missed some, some games, but he's been playing a lot since then. So, we'll see. I mean, with him, it's always games played at the end of the year. It is. You know, is, is he going to miss yeah. any more time? But he's been it, unbelievable, It's Embiid versus – yeah, it's Durant versus Embiid. Okay, yeah, so that's fair. it's hard for the guy that can miss Durant, time, too. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be tough yeah. for, like, Jaw to make it or Steph. Mm-hmm. Although, I guess – if I mean, Steph is back now. He did miss a lot of time. But what if the Warriors just win 80% of their games for the rest of the year? That could be you a know? case. I don't know. It's tough. Well, it's yeah, wild if, if we're talking about what's happening now, then I think mid. We're talking mid season. Yeah. Then here, it's, yeah. Now. Then it's between do, and Katie. If you do three front court, two back court, you know, you just do off of like all star voting. Then you know, two of Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Durant. Two of those guys are on second team All NBA. That's tough. <laughs> so that's tough. That's uh, you know, Luca will get a guard spot, yeah. and then you know, you're probably looking at maybe Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> He's deserving. Yeah. I mean, he is deserving. Uh, 
if if they have to do a guard in that. So or Jalen Brunson, how funny would that be? Well, <laughs> there's still half a season to go, so we will see what actually ends up transpiring at the end of the season. This was really fun. Thank you for letting me moderate this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for declaring me the winner, right? <laughs> sure. Yes. You Let's get go. a Yoda Rick Bug. No. Okay, surprise. Isaac, you win. Isaac, you win. <laughs> Isaac, take the trophy. All right, this was fun. Isaac, thank you for zooming in from Kentucky, from the yes, Eastern thank you time, for your time Zone. Uh, hopefully, the future is good. We'll learn in an hour. Pat, thank you for joining, and thank you all for watching, for listening for enjoying with us Studio 41 Radio. It's the Corner 3. We'll see you next week.